0: Welcome to Stanford University's campus worship. We hope you enjoy the presentation. Today I want to start by asking you all a favor. So I want you guys to do me a favor today. Today is an opportunity that doesn't happen very often, um, really in a lot of people's lives. Today is an opportunity where I'm gonna offer you guys a chance to be real. Uh, Reality is something that most of us Hide behind. We hide behind something. Um, And so I'm going to talk a lot about brokenness today, and I'm not going to talk about uh, your brokenness or their brokenness, but I'm going to talk about my own brokenness. And so as I talk about my own brokenness, I want to invite you guys into your brokenness. So as Matt said today, that I am from Jimmy Hill Mission. How many of you guys have ever heard of the Jimmy Hill Mission? We're downtown. Uh, We are one of the biggest drug and alcohol slash homeless recovery centers in. Uh, Birmingham and really in the southeast, uh, we help thousands and thousands of people uh, get off the street and get clean from drugs. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you some of the things that I've learned from from what I do every day. And so when I started this journey of being a homeless minister and, and a pastor and a counselor and a teacher and a drug and alcohol addictions guy, um, I came four and a half years ago to the Jimmy Hill Mission. And, and when I got there, I was, a, I was coming as a minister to minister to these people. So after two years, I began to realize doing this every single day that, man, I was a lot like these guys. You know, there are, there are, there are a lot of similarities between my life and their life. And then after four years, I sat down in my office one day and I said, well, daggum, and I am one of them. In four and a half years, what God has taught me is that every single human being on this planet has issues. Across the the quad there at Beeson Dominion School, there's a professor named Dr. Altlaw, and every single day in class, she would say the same mantra. And she said it every day in, day in, day out, day in, day out. And it was this, I got issues, you got issues. All God's children got issues. And after four and a half years of doing this type of ministry, what I've come to realize is how true that statement is. I've also realized that it's very hard for most people to admit that they have issues. It's very hard for us to come to the place where we can talk to somebody else about what's going on in our own hearts. We hide behind Jesus. We, we, um, that's really common at the mission. We got guys that are coming off the street they are tore up from the floor up. They, are, they have just used, and they come in, and all of a sudden in chapel that night, they're, they're the ones shouting hallelujah the loudest. It's very easy for us to hide behind the facade of I'm okay. But yet the whole time that we hide behind the facade of I'm okay, in reality, all of us, no matter who you are, has times in your life where you really wish that you could just talk to somebody. That you just really wish that, man, if I could just, if I could just share with you what's really going on in my life, but, but we're scared to do that. I remember when I was at Samford, um, I did not realize until much later that uh, when I was here, I ha- was struggling with a major anxiety disorder. My anxiety disorder um, plays out in uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, you guys familiar with that, right? Um, for those of you that know what that is and struggle with that, then you know how much of a pain in the butt it can be. Um, And I didn't know that I was going through this, and so my OCD was not necessarily based off of counting carpet fragments or flicking lights on or off or washing my hands a thousand times a day, but my OCD was in my thought life. I would have thoughts that would come through my mind that I did not want, and, and I would push them away from me because they disturbed me, and, and they would just get stuck because I had OCD and I didn't know it. And so for years and years and years, I hid behind the facade of being the guy that's on fire for Jesus. When I was at Sanford, everyone knew who Spike was because Spike was the guy that, that was out there living the life. He was going to the projects. He was going to the ghettos. He was, he was talking about Jesus. He was living for Jesus. And little did everybody know how messed up and hurt spike really was. I remember times when I was in Pittman, I don't know if Pittman's a guy's dorm or not, it changes, fluctuates all the time. Um, When I was in Pittman, I remember I would spend hours locked in my room because I was terrified to go outside. Because if I went outside, then my own OCD thoughts would start kicking in again and I would have to fight all these weird things I was facing. After four years of struggling every day with major anxiety, major OCD, I finally said to my friend, you know, I know that if I tell you this, I'm going to get kicked out of my church. I know they're going to kick me out of Sanford. Uh, I know that my, you know my parents are going to zone me, but I, I can't help it, man. i got to tell you what's going on in my life. And I began to share my story uh, of what was going on in my life with my friend. You know what my friend said afterwards? Dude, you have just described my life. There are people in this room right now that are hurting and you're scared, you're terrified, you think that you're all alone. Some of you guys are struggling and gals are struggling with major depression. Some of you all are struggling with addiction. You got hurt when you were a kid, when you know in school, you've been popping those pain pills ever since, you try to stay up at nights. So you are an Adderall and it's not safe for you to tell somebody that because you're afraid that you're going to get kicked out of Sanford. So what I want to tell you all this, this morning is you're not alone. You're not alone. You think that you're not the typical Sanford student because everyone else is okay. But what I've learned, friends, is that none of us are okay. None of us are okay. Every single human being that I've ever met has serious hurt issues in their life. We have been hurt from people. I hear four stories every single day in my office of people that have been <laughs> abused sexually. They have been molested. They have been... Um, The list of horrible things that happen to people I hear every single day, we've been hurt by other people. And the hard part is that we've hurt ourselves too, because all of us have made choices and decisions that have really screwed us over in the long run. And the whole time, it's sad, but the church is not really a welcoming place for broken people. So what what I want to do this morning is tell you that it's okay to be broken, in fact, Jesus says in the Gospels that it's it's the broken that will come to know Him. It's the broken that can realize their desperate need for Him. So Jesus tells a story that you guys are familiar with. I'm going to guess here about the story of the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee praying. Anybody familiar with that story? Okay, the tax collector, Pharisee, tax collector. He's a thief. He is a traitor. He is uh, the scum of the scum of the scum of Jerusalem. He is hated by everybody. He is not good. He knows he's not good. He goes to the temple and he prays. And he says, okay, God, I suck at life. Help me. I, I know who I am. I suck. I'm t- I'm, I-, I got nothing. And the Pharisee is a professional religious guy. He's got it all down. He, you know, he knows the, the Old Testament backwards and forwards. He gives his ties And he goes before God and says, hey, God, I'm so glad that I'm here today because Whew, I'd done everything right. And Jesus says that God doesn't listen at all to the Pharisee, but he only listens to the guy that admits his brokenness. We are a people in this room, the preacher who is speaking. We're a, oftentimes a group of tax collectors pretending to be Pharisees. So I want you to know this morning that you don't have to be a Pharisee. In fact, Jesus loves and accepts you as you are. As you are. When I was in my room in Pittman, crawled up in a ball, terrified of walking outside because my OCD would go nuts, Jesus loved and accepted me as I was. And I have found from what I do every day, talking to thousands of people, that we're so busy trying to Give Jesus what we think he wants. We're we're so busy trying to go to Bible study after Bible study, after after small group, after prayer group, after church meeting, after, hey, I'm going to go down and serve food at this place. All these things that we try to do to make Jesus want to love us. And what I've realized is that Jesus doesn't give a crap about any of that stuff. I'm used to cussing, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to curb my language. I work with homeless people. They don't care. Jesus doesn't care about how many Bible studies you go to. He doesn't care about how many, how many uh, people can memorize what verses. What I do know that Jesus cares about is you. Jesus cares about you. Jesus cares about the fact that your daddy abused you when you were a child. Jesus cares about the fact that your parents divorced and you've been living with that pain ever since you were a child. Jesus cares about the anxiety that you face every single day when you just try to wake up and go to class and it's a hard thing to do. And you're afraid to tell somebody about it because you feel like you're going to get kicked out of Sanford. Well, you might get kicked out of Sanford, but you ain't going to get kicked out of the love of Jesus. You ain't going to get kicked out of the love of Jesus. You may feel like you're all alone, but you're not. How do I know? Because I am one of you. Eight years of my life I spent on this campus only realizing that there was help for me. And never in my eight years did I ever hear somebody tell me it's okay to be broken. Never. Brothers and sisters, it's okay to be broken. Jesus wants you as you are. Jesus in Matthew 11 says this. He says, come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden. Anybody know the rest of the verse? What's he going to give us? Rest. Come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Notice the first part of that verse. Who is it that Jesus invites? Jesus invites the weak, the broken, the heavy laden, Jesus invites you to come to Him. The real you. The you that cries themselves to sleep at night sometimes. The you that is so ashamed of what you've been doing. The real you that is trying to live up desperately to the demands of your parents and you just can't do it so you feel terrible about yourself. The real you who struggles with pornography. The real you that struggles with depression. The real you that struggles with whatever it is that you struggle with. But I guarantee you that I can, that every single one of us in here struggles with something. Jesus loves and accepts us as we are. As we are. But here's the good news. Jesus doesn't keep us where we're at. Jesus says, come, come to me. He looked at these fishermen, these horrible, sailor-mouthed, ridiculous, uneducated men, and says, come to me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He takes people that are tax collectors named Matthew and turns them into disciples. We live in a culture that is very, very dangerous. And I want to speak on this for a few minutes. We live in a culture that says that Jesus loves and accepts you where you are, and it's okay to stay there. I have clients every single day who come to my office who have been convinced that, you know, hey, man, my, my way of living is totally fine, it's awesome. And then we start getting to talk and all of a sudden we find out all the pain and all the hurt involved in their lives and how miserable they really are from simply trying to stay put where they're at. I've met very few recovering addicts who have not cried out to Jesus. Uh, Very, very few that have not surrendered to Jesus, cried out to Jesus. But I've met very, very few of them who allow Jesus to really do the work, the inside work to direct them towards a place of healing. Jesus loves us so much that he accepts us, and f- wherever he finds us, he accepts us, and he loves us, and he adores us where we're at. And then he begins to take us to a different way of life. I do not believe that Jesus wants us to continue to in, the, in the horrible place of depression. I don't think that Jesus wants us to continue to be uh, struggling with OCD and addictions and whatever else you're struggling with, sexuality issues. That's a huge topic these days. A lot of you are struggling. Man, when I was at Stanford, I struggled with sexuality all over the place. That was part of my OCD. I was terrified. I was the preacher boy on campus, but in my head, I was terrified of everything. A lot of you all are struggling. Jesus loves you. Jesus accepts you. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is he wants to take your hand and go with you on life. He wants to take you and and mend the wounds of divorce for those who are older students. He wants to mend the wounds of abuse. He wants to mend the wounds of abandonment. He wants to mend the wounds of rape. He wants to mend the wounds of hurt. But in order for Jesus to mend our wounds, I got to be honest, it sucks. It hurts. I talk about this a lot at the mission. When, when, Jesus, he, when Jesus begins to mend our wound, he has to, he has to open up the, the trunk of our lives, and he has to start messing with the junk in the trunk. It's taken lots of counseling for me to get to the place where I can even talk about my OCD. Uh, it's taken lots of counseling for me to be able to admit to you that, you know, part of my OCD was the fact that I was molested as a child by some neighbors, There's a lot of pain that goes involved in that. There's horrible hurt that I was all wrapped up in, and I was so scared to tell somebody until I did and find out that he was just like me. Today, after Convo, after this chapel, um, we have resources to help people. This is an opportunity for you not to be okay. Y'all, I'm not okay. My fiance can tell you. I am like the most messed up person I know. And yet Jesus loves me. Jesus accepts me. And Jesus doesn't give up on me. I wonder if you guys would be so brave to be able to say, you know what? I want to talk to somebody today. You know what? I came to chapel just to do my homework and play on Facebook. But maybe maybe God brought you here for something different. Maybe God brought you here because he wants you, the real you. He wants the person who's struggling, the person that's hurt, the person that's broken. Because God shines through brokenness. I was thinking of an illustration that I was going to make. I didn't have time to do it. But I wanted to put a, a, uh, um, a lamp on stage. And in front of the lamp, I wanted to have a, a wall. And if, if it's a solid wall, you can't see the light, can you? But if you hit that wall with a hammer and you make cracks in that wall, all of a sudden the light begins to shine. What if Jesus didn't want your perfection? Instead, he wanted your brokenness. What if you could find Jesus in the midst of your hurt instead of trying to find him where you think he wants you? I can tell you all that life after surrendering and talking to somebody is a whole lot better because I don't have to hide anymore. I don't have to hide in my room anymore. Because I know I'm messed up, but I know that Jesus loves me, Jesus accepts me, and Jesus is changing me. I really pray. I really pray for you, students. Y'all are in the time of your life. Man, I really pray that one or two of you get boldness to talk to somebody. Whatever you're going through, you're not alone. You're not alone. I don't care what you've been through. You're not alone. You can talk to somebody. We have resources. I will be in the Reed Commons um, after this gets finished. Come talk to me. Come talk to Matt. Come talk to April. Talk to somebody. We'll put you uh, in line with some people that can help you. I'm a firm believer that counseling helps people. Um, it helped me tremendously. Jesus loves the spike who has depression, who has anxiety, who as my fiancé can tell you, is a selfish bastard most of the time. Jesus loves me. I struggle with my own sexuality. I struggle with all sorts of stuff. Jesus loves me. For more information about Sanford University, check out samford.edu.